Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's show, to celebrate the upcoming Winter Olympic Games, Lucas and I are going to sit down and talk about 2004's Miracle, which stars Kurt Russell about the 1980 Miracle on Ice. If you like what we're doing here on the show, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We greatly appreciate it. It kind of gives the show some exposure, and it just proves to people that there are people out there in the world that listen to us. So either way, we do appreciate it. So coming up after the trailer, we present to you Miracle. America's top critics believe in miracles. From the studio that brought you Remember the Titans and the Rookie, Miracle will have you on the edge of your seat. And this is something that this country is ready for. We can beat these guys. It's two thumbs up. No! Kurt Russell gives the performance of his career. This is your time. You'll stand up and cheer for this stunning achievement. What do you play for? USA! Miracle, only today on Disney DVD. Hello, and welcome to the Couch Potato Podcast. I am Russ, and with me, as always, is Lucas. Lucas, what's happening, man? Not much. Uh, I think uh, we're running into a new cursed episode. Well, no, it's it's nothing will beat our Die Hard episode. That thing, That's true. That thing took, what, three or four tries before we finally yeah. got it? it some <laughs> result in me talking to a cardboard cutout of Chewbacca. My son tried to watch it with me, and then come to find out our... SD card was corrupted, and I didn't realize it until about an hour into the movie. Yeah, it's but th- yeah, this one isn't as bad. But we just uh, we keep having some technical difficulties right now. Yeah, it all results from me updating my laptop because we do this over video chat. It all uh, basically resulted from me updating my computer to a Windows 11. Well, I also have Windows 11, so maybe it's just maybe Windows 11 is just uh, the new Vista. Uh, well, I don't. I have this is actually the first time I've had an opportunity to use it. It's because I <laughs> I updated my computer right after we got done with the last episode. Well, welcome to Vista. Yeah, I don't fucking like it so far. <laughs> like I didn't think we were going to even get to record this tonight. It my computer was running super slow. I kept clicking on Skype to start this up, and it just kept, it just wouldn't even bring it up. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? I thought, like, okay, here we go. This is going to be one of those episodes where I'm going to have to do it by myself again. <laughs> I tell you what, though, Microsoft, if you uh, want to sponsor us, Windows 11 is the best thing we've ever touched. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, smooth as peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we love Windows 11. I mean, it's the greatest thing ever invented. I mean, I say that with just since the absolute most sincerity. This is the greatest thing I've ever messed with in my entire life. Perfect. Perfect is not a strong enough word. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of us trying to pander to Microsoft to get sponsorship. Today's episode, uh, to celebrate the upcoming Winter Olympic Games, which I think start on the 9th, which is this Thursday. Uh, no, it's not. The, no. not the ninth is Thursday. Not, yeah, I'm getting my dates confused. It's just basically my calendar has stopped since March of 2020. Like basically everything blends together now. I just separate the days by the hot days and the cold days. And it's a lot more cold these days. Right. We so yeah, we're in we're in a winter three. That's what I'm calling it for right now. Winter winter two or winter three, whatever. But uh, we're doing Miracle today, the 2004 Kurt Russell hockey movie, which uh, for those of you that haven't listened to the show too much, uh, I am a huge Kurt Russell fan, so I'm very, very happy to be doing this. And it's hockey, which uh, it's a sport that I think is severely underrated, especially here in the United States. Deserves a little bit more love. I enjoy it. I actually watched, uh, you know, since we're in Ohio, I watched the Blue Jackets tonight. Kick the shit out of the Canadians, which, you know, at least somebody was kicking the shit out of the Canadians. But we do love our Canadian listeners. We do love you, Oh, Canada. yeah, absolutely. Unless you play the U.S. In, in soccer, and then I hate you. Now, he, he doesn't mean that. Lucas is just in a bitter, bitter mood today. All <laughs> it's right. not, been my, not been my sporting day. Not, not, we're not going to get into I that. I digress. Yeah, we're not going to get into that because uh, last time you started talking about that, Fucking system froze up and locked, locked up. 
That's true. So we're not even we're not even going to fucking touch that now. So speaking of miracle, Lucas, when's the first time you've seen this? Because I think you told me that it hasn't been uh, that long ago that you've seen this, right? No, it's only been a couple of years ago. Um, as you know, before I was with my current lady, I had some uh, love life issues, so I ended up moving in with my sister for a while. And uh, she actually one night was like, hey, let's watch Miracle. I was like, okay, I, I've never seen it, but I'm down to watch it. So actually my sister introduced me to this movie. Good job, Lucas's sister. I, I'm not going to mention names just because I don't know she's in witness relocation or what. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not either, not for your guys' sake. I mean, uh, so first time a couple of years ago, huh? Yeah, uh, what was that, about three, four years ago? Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I was I was actually blown away by how good it is. Yeah, I uh, went and seen this in movie theaters the weekend it came out. Because uh, this came out around the same time, uh, I think it was during the Winter Olympics, or the Winter Olympics had just ended. I don't know the, the Olympics kind of run together anymore. But uh, yeah, it was like right in that wheelhouse. Uh, Disney was just coming out with these just, Awesome sports movies. I think, uh, yeah, Remember the Titans was first. It's a great movie. Yeah, very good movie. Uh, will be an episode of this show at one point or another. Um, As it should be. Uh, the Rookie, I think, was next with Dennis Quaid, which is the story of uh, Jim Morris, who was a, was he a science teacher in a, at a Texas high school. It used to be a, a pitcher, and he tries out for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and ends up making the team. That, uh, that's a really good movie too. And then this one came out. I think this movie came out after. If I if I'm wrong, please please, I do apologize. Don't send me any uh, hateful uh, emails or, as I've been noticing lately on the uh, old uh, podcast email, I am not interested in meeting a Latin American man. <laughs> the yeah, I've noticed on the 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 podcast email, it's either uh, I have been chosen for a $1,000 Amazon gift card or Latin American men seem to be interested in this show. <laughs> Rush, you're not trying to do a horizontal salsa dance? No, I'm not. <laughs> not interested in the least bit. And it's probably just a scam <laughs> to get my credit card information anyways. Probably. Um, so you are familiar with the, the premise of this. Uh, for those of you that do not know, this is a miracle is based on the 1980 United States uh, Olympic hockey team beating the Russians, which at that point would be the equivalent of a high school football team beating, I, I don't know, a good example. Uh, I would say the Kansas City Chiefs, but Chiefs, I'm not going to rub it in Chiefs fans today. But it would be the equivalent of a high school team beating an NFL team. Yeah, it was a, it was a major upset. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's – and the Russians had won every Olympic gold medal since – I think they said in the movie 1960 was the last time the United States had beaten the Russians in hockey. Actually, an, a good example of, like, a, of, of an Olympic upset is when the United States didn't win the gold in basketball. Oh, yeah. So – yeah, when Dream Team 3 or 4 shit the bed. Yeah, what was that, 2004, 2008? Something like that, One yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the Olympics run together anymore. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this was a monumental upset. Um, this is when the United States, for a lot of their sports, uh, you had to be an amateur. So, they like today, they allow the NBA players to play in the Olympics for the basketball team. Uh, for a while, the NHL was allowing the players to play. I think they put the kibosh on that this this year because of COVID. Yep. But, yeah, they uh, the NHL was allowing players to play in the Olympics up until this year. So, yeah, I mean, it was a huge upset. Um, but since you are familiar with this, and Lucas, uh, you and I being huge sports fans, um, where would you rank this among the greatest sports moments of all time? Sports moments? Yeah. Uh, whew. It's got to be, as far as the as United States sports, it's got to be pretty high up there. Um, 
hell, even overall sports moments, it's probably a top 10 sports moment Mm -hmm. in the world just because, you know, the USSR was so big, especially in the 80s before, you know, before it crumbled in the late 80s, early 90s. Russia had, gosh, pretty much all of Eastern Europe in its control. So, um, you know, you're you're going up against not only Russians, but, you know, all those other countries that were intermixed in there. All their greatest athletes that played hockey were intermixed in there. So it's it's a pretty big deal. It was It's a big, giant upset. I'd mm-hmm. say probably top ten all-time uh, major sporting um, events. Yeah. Well, they even put it in context. Um, the Russian national team, the one that the United States beat in the Olympics – they had had an exhibition with uh, a group of NHL All-Stars, the best of the best in the NHL, and the Russians kicked the shit out of them. Yeah, it was 6 nothing, I think. I think so, yeah. I mean, the the NHL is the premier hockey league in the entire world, and the Russian team beat the shit out of, like, the best of the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I think all these guys that were on the Russian team were playing in... The NHL equivalent over there in Russia. I think it's the. It, I know it's the KHL now, but I don't know what it was then. Yeah, there were some guys like I'm. I'm not good with the the names offhand, but I know some of the guys that played on the Russian teams ended up playing in the NHL later on. So I know the Red Wings had a couple of guys for sure. Because I have a friend of mine that likes those uh, dirt bags in Detroit. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a Red Wings fan. Never have been. Never will be. Are you sure about that? Yeah, positive. Detroit, you guys are great, but I do not like your hockey team. But uh, yeah, I would say for me, like I, I was two when this. I wasn't even two yet when this happened, so I can't really say off memory how great it was. But I think just from the stuff that I've read and watching it, and then like this movie, it probably has to be number one. I can't really think of anything else that has the legacy that this does. Like. 40 years later. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I know international soccer a little bit better, but, um, I'd say probably like the Maradona hand of God might be more widely recognized around the world than this. I know for me, the only ones that I could think of would be, uh, Kurt Gibson's home run in the 88 series. The, like where he's limping with the two bad hamstrings, uh, the Jordan flu game. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones here. Uh, the oh geez the when uh, the drive well not the drive but when Montana brings the 49ers back in the uh, Super Bowl against the Bengals. That's a pretty iconic moment. Uh, or hell, even just recently when Tom Brady. Won his first Super Bowl with the uh, Patriots. Yeah, it was the whole like in the the whole aftermath of nine eleven. I mean, that's a pretty iconic sports moment as well. But I mean, just for sheer, just from the stuff I've read and like, I don't know. Have you? I think the game's still on YouTube. I remember watching it on there like four or five years ago. You can catch like the edited version of it. I mean, it's a really good hockey game. I but yeah, I mean, it ended up what three to two. Four three, four three, yeah. It, it's fun. I just watched the fucking movie and I couldn't even remember that. But I mean, yeah. I mean, that high scoring of a hockey game, and uh, just you know the whole underdog story. It is. It, I. It is. It's got to be highly ranked for sure. It's, yeah. It is a miracle that they won. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the movie, the movie's title just captures the whole moment perfectly. I mean, it's it, yeah. it was a miracle that the United States even got that far, let alone they beat the unbeatable. That's true. Because, I mean, the United States had struggled in hockey for quite a few years. In, I don't think they were even that good later on until the NHL started letting the players play. Yeah, now they're a mainstay in, mm-hmm. in uh, metal games, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I got one last question for you before we get into the categories. Uh, are you a fan of the Olympics? I mean, do you watch it? Because it made me wonder, like – do the Olympics still have like the cultural significance that they used to? Cause I remember when I was a kid, the Olympics, like 
when the Olympics were on, like shit got shut down and like you were, that's all you're watching. And now it just seems like, hey, cool, the Olympics are on. And if I'm bored, okay, maybe I'll watch the luge. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like it doesn't seem to like have the significance that it used to. I mean, at least I think so. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, the way that you described it is actually, in my opinion, pretty perfect. Um, I, I still do watch the Olympic Games. I watch more of the summer games than I do the winter games. See, I'm the opposite. Um, I, I do like the, like the speed skating and stuff, but I like I like handball in the summer Olympics and like um, water polo, like all the the weird games that you know you don't normally get to watch. Um, so I, I watch more of the summer, but it's more of if I have time to watch them, because mm-hmm. you know some of these things. Like uh, the last Summer Olympics that just happened, I found out about like who won before it even showed up on TV because it would happen at like three, four a.m. And mm. obviously, you know, you know, with us working, I can't stay up till three, four a.m. to yeah watch the Olympic games. So, um, I guess maybe maybe if it were in an Eastern Time Zone type Olympics, maybe I'd pay a little bit more attention. But I I can't say that it it has the luster that it used to. I think money has really gotten into the Olympics more and made it more politicky and, mm-hmm. you know, governments kind of use it as a politicky type thing. And it's just, that's not for me. I just want pure sport, you know? Well, when you said too, that you usually found out before it aired on TV, I mean, that's a really good point too. It's, I think sports is like the last, like entertainment, like, uh, entertainment type of commodity that you have to watch it live or else yeah, it loses its effectiveness. Like for me, like I can't watch something that I already know the result to, unless it's like something like, like an iconic game or like I'll, cause I know ESPN classic used to be a big thing. And like we, my brother and I used to be the type like, Oh, Hey, they're showing like game one of the 88 speak of the Gibson world series. Uh, like game one of the 88 world series. Like, yeah, I'd sit and watch that just cause it's like, I remember that as a kid and like, you know, you still get to relive that iconic moment. But if I would have found out ahead of time who won that game, I probably would have never watched it. Yeah. I mean, it just, I can't watch DVR live sports. It just doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, with our cell phones, anything that happens anywhere in the world, we know about it within five, 10 seconds. Yeah. Like I don't get too many notifications on my phone, but the one app that I always get notifications on is a uh, bleacher report. Yeah. And my favorite sports. So like if say, um, you know, like I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of the blue jackets, the mm-hmm. hockey team. Like if I wanted to know who won, like it would instantly tell me as soon as the game's over, like, Hey, Columbus won three to two. Yeah. I have no need to go watch the game now because I already know who won. So it's like, it takes all the drama out of it. Right. And that's what sport sport is about. It's about, you know, watching and enjoying and getting you raising your blood pressure. I think that's why sports movies work so well. Even if like, say for example, this movie, I, I didn't know necessarily what the premise was about this movie before I watched it. But then, you know, you're watching, you, you kind of get the gist of it as you start watching, you know, you kind of figure out, oh, the United States is going to win this, mm-hmm. you know, this is a big deal. But it, it, and it's not like you're watching the actual game, so the drama is still there. But if, like you said, if if you knew about this beforehand, you know, what are the chances you would have tuned in and watched anyway? Probably not. Right, yeah. Do. Well, uh, what's funny is uh, they mentioned uh, that this was uh, on a tape delay. Yeah. Which true? I actually have that. I believe in my uh, my research corner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's uh that's a good point. Yeah, like I I'm not as pumped up about the Olympics anymore. I mean, there's stuff I'll watch. Like I'm a huge curling fan. Oh yeah, curling I'll, I'll watch awesome. I'll watch shit out of that. Like I don't give <laughs> like hell. Uh, I know the last uh, Winter Games I was up till like one o'clock in the morning watching fucking Belgium against like Czechoslovakia in like the <laughs> second round of curling like. Fuck, sign me up. That's fucking sweet. And I was trying to like see if I could do that on my kitchen floor. Like find stuff. 
I don't have a big actually, enough kitchen floor now, so I couldn't do it. But my mom's house, like we, my brother and I tried that uh, in 2000. We tried, <laughs> we tried at my get mom's. Get you a couple pots and pans. Yeah, it just it didn't work. <laughs> my mom's uh, floor was slick enough. I do know where you can go curling. There is a curling club uh, in a city very close to here. Oh, well, as soon as we're done uh, recording this, I need you to give me the address. Maybe I will ask for that as a birthday gift. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, um, you ready to knock these categories out? I am. All right. Uh, Miracle was released on February the 20th, 2004. This movie stars the incomparable Kurt Russell, uh, Patricia Clarkson, and Noah Emmerich. Those are pretty much like the main three. Uh, we'll get into some of the other cast here in a minute. Uh, this was directed by Gavin O'Connor, who... I believe he'd done uh, Warrior to the uh, MMA movie with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, which is a fucking awesome movie as well. I still haven't seen it. Oh, dude. Uh, I've got that on the list of movies to do at some point. Uh, Warrior is awesome. Probably the best, the best, one of the best sports movies of the last 10 years. Oh, wow. I will, I will die on that hill. I'm going to look that up here as soon as I'm done with the. Uh, my notes, um, Rotten Tomatoes score of 81% from critics and 90% from audiences. This movie made $64.5 million on a $28 million budget. This did not win any awards, and you can stream this on Disney+. Plus. Way to go, Disney. Woo, put first, your shit out there for people to watch. Yeah, we uh, first time we've done a Disney movie here in a while. Yeah. I went to look up Gavin O'Connor. I put in Garvin. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that's his. Co- that's his close cousin. Uh, he did do Warrior. He's done uh, Miracle Warrior, and he did uh, The Way Back, the Ben Affleck basketball movie. It came out right before the pandemic shut movie theaters down. The, you mean the one that nobody has seen? Uh, I have seen it. That movie's really, really good. Ben Affleck oh. should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that movie. Uh, okay, so Con- considering the, the normal- shit normal human IMDBs haven't seen, you know, like you're like a human IMDB and I'm like a normal regular run in the mill movie watcher. Well, it's not like that was an art house movie. I mean, that movie is readily available in movie theaters and I own it on our digital video collection. So you have access to it. You can watch it whenever you want. What you're saying is like, like oceans 11. I have no excuse to have still not watched it. Well, I can see you not watching The Way Back, but there's no fucking excuse whatsoever why you haven't seen Ocean's Eleven. None. <laughs> All right. Um, the Detective William Somerset Research Corner. Uh, there's some pretty good stuff. I was actually expecting this to be a little on the lame side. But there's actually some mm-hmm. stuff that, uh, juicy little tidbits here. Stuff to dig into. Yeah. Uh, wet the old appetite, if you will. Um, most of the cast was uh, chosen primarily for their skills in hockey, not their acting ability. Um, for many of the, guy, the guys that played uh, the members of Team USA, this is their first acting job. And the uh, one exception is uh, Eddie Cahill, who plays uh, the Team USA goaltender Jim Craig, who you may know from, uh, I think he was in CSI New York. Uh, maybe. Yeah, he was. I know he was in one of the CSI shows. Like That's... Like the Olympics, there's so many CSI shows, they all run together at this point. I know it's not the one with David Caruso. Yes. It always, always like the first scene, it was like some grisly murder. Flips on the sunglasses and then the cue, the who, and then you know you know exactly what you're watching. Uh, I he guess stands in that power pose with his suit on. Yeah. Uh, David Caruso's in a, a movie with Russell Crowe called Proof of Life. Mm-hmm. that I kind of want you to see so we can do it as an episode down the road because uh, David Caruso acts like he's in a, just a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking great. Um, I, Eddie Cahill does have some experience. He was a goaltender in lacrosse. Uh, I didn't find out whether it was high school or college, but uh, he does have some goaltender experience. Nah, that's always important. Uh, Kurt Russell, being the stand-up gentleman that he is, took a pay cut so the 800 to 1,000 extras that were used as the hockey fans could have a hot meal from catering instead of a bagged lunch. That's uh, it's actually really cool. You, most actors wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. not Most actors aren't Kurt Russell, though. That's true. Uh, Herb Brooks, the coach of the 1980 United States hockey team, 
died in a car accident. Right, I think it was right after they were done shooting this movie. Uh, it said in in the end credits, principal photography. So yeah, I'm so like, sure yeah, they. That, uh, that is the initial shoot before they went back. Uh, that's if they had to do like reshoots and stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, the initial filming of the movie is called uh, principal photography. Okay. Because they put in that uh, the end, it's like, uh, which I thought was such a cool line. It's like uh, he didn't see it; he lived it. Yeah, that is cool. Um, Al Michaels, who does the play-by-play for the original. Miracle on Ice was brought in to do the commentary for the movie, which I did not know until doing the research for this movie that he came back and re-recorded his lines. I thought like they just took all the archive footage from the ABC uh, broadcast and just put it into the movie. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I read that he uh, he said it would feel more natural if he came back and mm-hmm. you know redid the commentary. Yeah, uh, the only line that was left from the original 1980 broadcast of the entire uh, Olympic Games was the Do You Believe in Miracles line because they felt that uh, Al Michaels would not be able to recreate the emotion of that line. So they just left it in, they just cleaned it up, and they kind of spliced in the movie that way. Yeah, I I think it's a good idea. I mean, they said that it got cleaned up and all that stuff, but you can really tell. Yeah, I mean, you could tell a little bit. Like, it doesn't match up with the rest of it. Yeah, I was, I was, but I was also watching for it because you know I was doing the research for the movie as I was watching. So, yeah. uh, the last one that I have is uh, the players on the 1980 team uh, felt that the movie was a mostly accurate representation of uh, real life events. Uh, the lone exception was uh, how friendly the movie portrayed Herb Brooks. I guess apparently Herb Brooks was an asshole. Yeah. It's not uh, easy to get along with, and I guess the scene where uh, him and Craig Patrick are at the Christmas party that that didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, they also kind of uh, um, to make you dislike the the Soviets even more. The part, the first goal, it was actually a legal play in the real um, game. It was a it was like a checking or. A, what they call that hooking or something in the, in the movie. You talking about the gold medal or the semifinal? Yeah. The, the game against the Soviets where he tripped him mm-hmm. and then they scored the first goal that didn't actually happen in the real game. Yeah. Uh, it, he like cross checked him or checked him or something legally and then stole the puck and scored. Mm-hmm. It's just a little nitpicky thing. It's really not even that important. I just thought it any overall context of the movie. Yeah. Um, I guess one player is on record as saying is uh, we respected Herb, but I would go so far as to say we liked him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got the job done, though. Uh, the last one that I have is uh, a common misconception about the Miracle on Ice, which I actually thought for the longest time until this movie came out that the uh, the United States defeating the Soviet Union was the gold medal game, and it wasn't. It was the semifinals. Right. I thought for the yeah. longest time that that was the gold medal game, and it wasn't. They had one more game after that. Yeah, if they, actually, if they would have lost to Finland in the gold medal game or the, the next game, then they had a some kind of point system. The Soviet Union actually would have had the gold medal. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because I always, I always thought that the what happens is they do the point system until they get into the medal round games, and then it's basically like, a tournament style where like, okay, you, you win, you move on, you lose your, you're out. I'm not sure. That's just, that's something I read. I don't know if like, I think that's how it is now, but maybe it was a little different in the, in the 80 games. I'm not sure. Yeah. That would have been so shitty (laughs) for that to happen. I mean, I guess if they did, it would have made sense because you, the United States had the tie. Yeah. But then also it would have been shitty for Finland because Finland would have beaten the United States and they still wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, they would have gotten, what, silver or bronze or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what fun facts do you have for us? So the uh, the game against the Soviets was actually filmed um, for the movie in Vancouver at the PNE Argo Dome. And, or Agro, Agro Dome, sorry. Um, Come on, dude. You're making a sound bush league here. 
We are this legitimate. This is what's making this sound bush league. <laughs> I think that and just the overall quality and uh, <laughs> of our show. But I digress. Go ahead. It's not the only uh, legendary USA versus USSR battle. Uh, that is also where Rocky fought Ivan Drago in one of your favorite movies, Rocky Four. What? Yep. You Santa know, Marina. Nice. You know, I'm still disappointed that we haven't done Rocky Four yet. I actually almost thought of doing that as our Christmas movie because Rocky and Ivan fight on Christmas Day. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? Like, I've been, I've been getting hounded for to do Christmas Vacation since we started doing this. I'm like, I'll do Christmas Vacation because I listen to the fans. And when I say um, fans, I mean my wife wanted me to do Christmas Vacation, so she she's the one that matters. Yeah, she she is one of uh, you know Facebook has the top fans. She she would get the top fan badge. My wife and your fiance, and Joey we Joey got, Mitch who listens to the show religiously as well. He would also get a top fan badge. Yeah, he uh, whenever I see him at work, he's like, "Oh, I was just listening to you." I'm like, oh, that, that's cool. It's a little weird, but cool. <laughs> Hi, Joey. Um, Kurt Russell is right-handed but he used his left hand in the movie because Herb Brooks was a lefty. Mm -hmm. So that just, I mean, that attention to detail by an actor is phenomenal. That's another reason why he's one of the best actors of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you imagine that? You know, he's, how old do you think Kurt Russell was when they filmed this? This was 2003-ish when they were filming. Probably, I know he had to be in his mid-50s, I think, at that point. Yeah, so you're just you're doing an entire movie with your offhand, mm-hmm. and you know he's like drawing on the glass there, showing them the place. That couldn't have been easy. Oh no, there's no way I can do it. Uh, let's see. So the the you know the crisis in Tehran in 1980 that they showed on uh, TV when he was sitting down to dinner with his wife. Uh, that was uh, what the film uh, Argo was based off of. Oh yeah, that's right. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> have you have you seen Argo? I have. That's a good okay. Movie. Very good movie. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I didn't want you to think I was swearing at you for no reason at all. I usually <laughs> I, save I that for when we're not recording. I guess I'll go fuck myself. Whatever. Um, now, when I looked at this one, I couldn't figure out if this was for the movie or for the real broadcast. I believe it was for the real broadcast, but Al Michaels memorized the Russian names. By playing table hockey. Really? Yeah. I'm going to guess it was probably for the regular real broadcast. Mm. But yeah, he that's how he uh, memorized their names hmm. for when they were at, when he was out there. Yeah, speaking of Al Michaels, um, I was reading that the only reason he called the hockey is because he was the only broadcaster that ABC had on staff to cover the Olympic Games, he was the only one that had ever done a hockey game before. Wow. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Al Michael is the fucking man. He is the man. Still doing it to this day. Yep. The voice of Sunday Night Football. So the, the we talked about this earlier. The game was on a tape delay. Um, it actually, The game was at 5 p.m., but it wasn't shown on TV until 8 p.m. Um. And I read that the U.S. Olympic Committee actually, or no, it was ABC, I'm sorry. ABC actually tried to pay the Russian Federation $12,000 to move the game. But they didn't want to do that because it would have been like 4 a.m. Moscow time. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it was also would have also been like a violation, like a bribery oh. violation of Olympic rules. Really? Too. Yeah. I'm sure now they just would have been like, hey, hey we're going to move. We're moving this from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Deal with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hear some money. Like, oh, yeah. We, well, I don't even money. think they would no, pay him money. They're just like, hey, like, because I'm sure, like, now, like, because NBC pays billions of dollars for the rights to the Olympic Games. I'm sure they just mm-hmm. like, listen, uh, this is – we feel this is going to get a shit ton of viewers. I don't think they would say it just like that, but I think like, hey, this is going to get a lot of viewers. We're moving this to eight o'clock. Yeah, because I so mean, at the end is... of the day, they're going to make a ton of money. So, 
Well, and that's what the like I said, the Olympics are all about that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is all the research I have. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. The uh, I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. I think this is uh, pretty cut and dry, but Lucas, I'm curious to hear what you have as yours. Actually, I'm, I'm going a little outside the box with mine. Um, for me, it may not be the what wins this, because I, I think I know what, you're, what you have as the best scene. But for me, the best scene in the movie was when, at the beginning of the Olympic Games, when Herb Brooks comes into the, uh, the locker room after the first period against Sweden. And he's yelling at Rob McClanahan mm-hmm. about, you know, because he was he had a leg bruise and it fires up the whole team for the rest of the Olympics. Yeah. That'll, to me, that's and he and he walks out and he's like, you think that'll get them all fired up? I was going to try to do my best Minnesota accent. That ought to get them all fired up. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually I when I was watching the movie, I rewound that at least 10 times to try to. Nail that just for the show. That's that's kind of shit I put into this program. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. The kind of dedication um, I have for everybody. Yeah, that that to me was the best scene. Um now I I don't know if it'll like I said, I don't think it's gonna win best scene, but that to me, like being a coach, sometimes you sometimes like you said, her Brooks was a dick and sometimes, sometimes. you have to be in, Yeah. You have to be an asshole to your team sometimes mm-hmm. to motivate them, like, you know, to make them so angry at you that they go and they take it out on everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that as a coach, that was a really cool mm-hmm. moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that was a, that's a good scene. Uh, I know for me, I really wanted to give it to the, uh, the like, the game itself. Mm-hmm. Because the scene, like, I because I thought about it and I had that down originally was the the whole hockey game between the Russians and the Americans. Is I mean, like that's that was really well filmed. Like they filmed that really well. Yeah. And uh, the fact that uh, you kind of know what's going to happen, uh, I think, and they still made it tense. Like I've just watched. I I've seen Miracle fuck at least ten times, and I think it still was this tense as it was the first time I'd seen it. And even when I seen it for the first time, I already knew the story of the Miracle on Ice anyways. It's not like I went into that, like, oh, well, hockey, Russians, Americans, shit. Like, what happens here? <laughs> um, but I gave it to the uh, the Herb Brooks speech right before the game. Oh, yeah, that was great. The speech itself is 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 really phenomenal. You know, as it, when, you're, when you're coaching and you try to come up with something really mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah, that speech is phenomenal, and like, I for me, like, fuck, like, if I was playing for him, like, listen, coach, I can't skate for shit, but if you need me, I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna, I'll body check somebody. If you need somebody to go on the boards, you need me to fight one of these guys. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> and I, I think that scene too is pretty iconic because I mean, I'm, I know I've been to a couple sporting events where they've played that. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, I yeah, think they've played. I, I think I've even seen it at a Blue Jackets game before. They played it in the intermission, so I think just that alone, and I I think it's probably one of the best. Let's get them fired up. Speeches in like any sports movie I've seen. And he just walks out of there cold. You know, there's no mm-hmm. hoorah from from the players. Yeah, I think that's what's so and... awesome about it. it's just like, like goddamn, like I I don't know how to react to that. Like he tells them like. Nine times out of ten, they're going to beat us, but not tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, was like, when you, oh yeah, when your coach has that much faith in you, mm-hmm. or he's just like, oh yeah, we're going to fucking win tonight, no, yeah. no problem. Yeah, like, how can you not want to play for him? Right, and I mean the fact that like they had the U.S. team had been pretty good, but it's like fuck, you're going up against these guys. Yeah, like the worst possible draw you could get was against <laughs> the Russians in the semis. I don't, I don't know, for me, I think just the fact that I think that's the scene that everybody remembers from this movie, too. Yeah, it might. That and uh, probably that that call. Mm-hmm. Five yeah. seconds left, do you believe in miracles? Yeah. Yeah, I I would say that this that's my best. 
my nominee for best team. So I mean, like, who wins this one to you? Yeah, it's it's the one you're you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Definitely, this this is definitely the speech mm-hmm. before they go out on the ice. Because like I said, it's just he just walks out of there cold, and then they just grab their gear like, all right, let's go fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that leads into the whole like I. I don't know, man. I always get fired up when they have, like, I think that's one of the reasons I still watch some of the Olympics is because it's, like, these countries battle each other in, like, sport. And, like, mm-hmm. when they're coming out, and like, everybody's just applauding them. And it's just, like, goddamn, like, these guys weren't supposed to be shit. And here they are playing for, like, a chance to win the gold medal in hockey. Bunch of college kids. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's got to be that. I mean, I can't really see anything else topping that. No, I I agree. Although the game itself is pretty good. Yeah, I, how they got that, the camera down to like ice level following the puck mm-hmm. and all the players, yeah, it was great. Yeah. All right, well, that is your winner for the I Drink Your Milkshake Award is uh, the Kurt Russell, Herb Brooks speech right before the United States goes out and plays the Soviet Union. Bam. Well done, well done. The I Don't Like Sand, It's Coarse and Rough Award for the Worst or Most Unnecessary Scene in the Movie. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Now, for me, I didn't really have a nominee um, for this because like, there really isn't anything bad in this, but I will nitpick at the fact that uh, Patricia, Patricia Clarkson, who's normally a very good actress, kind of gets saddled with the typical movie trope uh, sports wife role of the the wife who feels neglected by her husband, who's the coach, because he's devoting more time to his team than to his family. And she kind of is essentially a wet blanket. It happens just so many sports movies. It's like that. It's just like, the wife that's just the roles underwritten didn't really add anything to it. But I mean, she's there, but it's just, it, I think the only supportive wife in recent memory that I can remember is, uh, Dennis Quaid's wife and the rookie. She tells him to go for it. But outside of that, I, I, it seems like that seems to be like, a an an unnecessary movie trope. It's just the wife that just kind of nags at her husband for, I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I would totally understand their point of view. But it just, I don't know. It just, I really wish that when they make sports movies, they would, you know, give more to these female these female leads, you know? Yeah. Give something to, you know, to work with instead of just like, hey, you're going to play the wife who's aggravated at her husband. Let's see what you can do with it. Is that, is that the, uh, what was officially on the script? Yeah. Wife aggravated with husband. Yeah. Wife showing disgust. Dissatisfied housewife. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go so that's far to say. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's that's actually probably a series of pornographic movies from Brazzers. <laughs> uh, also, if Brazzers would like to sponsor us, we love you. Hey, you know what? I Money's money at the end of the day. That's right. Um, do you have anything that you would cut out of this movie? No, I. It, even though it's a two-hour movie, it's it doesn't feel like it's two hours. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. It's just like it, it moves along, and like I don't think Patricia Clarkson's bad. It's just like I don't know. I I really I that just kind of aggravates me to see like it's the same thing, and no matter what sports movie it is, there's always the wife that just is nags at her husband. I just like. I really wish that they would give, you know, give some, you know, a little bit more meat on the bone for these actresses to to work with versus just playing this typical character, you know? Yeah, because not everybody's wife just sits there and nags at them for, right. for no reason. And it seems right. like that is what happens in there. Right. Um, the, uh, the newly christened Dylan, you son of a bitch, award for the best line of the movie. Dylan! You son of a bitch. I'm curious to hear what you have because mine should be, I pretty much have mentioned it a couple times during this episode already. 
<laughs> well, just to be, uh, we we know what the best line is. Mm. It's the most famous line from this movie, from yeah. that game. But I wanted to uh, just throw in a different um, nominee. So when the team, when they tied Norway three to three, I believe it was Norway, and he made them skate out on the ice. You know, there are a couple. Um, couple scenes before that all the players are introducing themselves you know and where they're from and yeah they all oh yeah where they're saying like uh you know mike Ruzioni, i think he played for boston uh yeah so um when they're all tired and throwing up from he had them out on the ice like all night which by the way the director they did three days of 12 hours in a row of them doing that Mm. to try to replicate that somewhat. <laughs> that Damn. director is hard, hardcore about it. But um, Mike Ruzioni yells, Mike Ruzioni, Winthrop, Massachusetts. Herb Brooks says, who do you play for? And he says, I play for the United States of America. Mm. That moment just gives me goosebumps. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was really good. And I, that one got some serious thought for me too. And it just, you know, and he finally... Uh, lets them go shower and get off the ice after that. Yeah, I, I also that was a really great moment. I also like when they brought in the one of his players late into the camp, and uh, yeah. Ruzioni and uh, I think it's McClanahan. I forget. I I get the names confused sometimes. But uh, when uh, Herb's questioning, like, why shouldn't I bring him along? He's a hell of a player, and I think he could help us out. And then the, he says, like, we're a family. Oh yeah, I, I do like one. that line too. Um, I mean, for me though, I think it's uh, "Do you believe in miracles?" Just because that—that's the most iconic call in the history of sports. Like I, that one, the moment itself is top five, but that line has to be the most iconic line in any like any sports moment. Uh, off of my head, I can't really think of a better one right now i mean yeah so, I, yeah i th- i think that if we put some thought into it we could probably come up with some that maybe would be in the conversation but i don't think that they would still trump this one i mean yeah, they fucking it, they turned it into that lines of movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i always That's like true. it when they put the the uh they somehow shoehorn the the title of the movie into some kind of dialogue yeah <laughs> yeah i thought i thought that was uh I mean, I think that's just the best line. Mm. Like you said, it became a movie. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that that has to win for sure. Um, I don't have any nominees for the Eric Stoltz Award or the Unsolved Mysteries of the movie, just simply because most of these kids are hockey players. Yeah. I'm not expecting them. Like, they play hockey well, so I can't, like, well, yeah, like, get Ryan Gosling to play McClanahan. Like, no, like, I... I can't. Well, and then at, at the end, it tells you like what they all want to do with their lives. So there's right. no mystery there, right? And yeah, like you said, you you know what everybody does afterward. You know what happens to Herb, unfortunately. So uh, yeah. I don't have any nominees for those categories. But the McLovin Award. I am McLovin for the best supporting performance. I'm curious to see who you have as your nominee because I kind of have somebody a little outside the box. Um. For me, it was between two people, but I settled on uh, Kenneth Welsh as Doc. Okay. Um, just because, you know, he the way that he is in this movie where he cares about the players and he's worried about how hard they're being pushed as college kids and all that stuff, I just thought, I thought it was really well acted. I felt like he cared as a doctor. I felt like he was a caring doctor. Mm-hmm. thought yeah. he played it so well, you know. Yeah, come on, Herb, come on. <laughs> and when they were in the, when they were in the car, him and the assistant coach, Craig they Patrick. Were talking, yeah, they were talking about uh, what did they say? There was like a nuclear bomb test, like where the, I forget, I forget the line now. But they were in the car joking around about the. They were talking about the nuclear bomb test. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really good moment, too. Really funny. Oh, you know, speaking of Craig Patrick, I think he was the architect of the uh, the Penguins teams of the early 90s that were uh, 
they had Lemieux and Yamir Yager and all them and Ron Francis and all those guys. I think he helped yeah. build those. I think he was the GM for those. I know oh, wow. he worked for the Penguins around that time, but I think he was the architect of the – he built those teams, so. Amazing teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was uh, my brother's favorite hockey squad. Like, my brother was a huge Penguins fan, and I, that's when he fell in love with that team is during that era. You know how I feel about Pittsburgh anything. I know. That's, let's just save it. <laughs> we'll save that for a, a future – Future program, maybe it maybe a different spinoff podcast. Oh, hey, you know out. what? Maybe maybe Lucas just dropped some breaking news on you. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Um, who do you have for your McLovin? My uh, nominee is Al Michaels as Al Michaels. He's the fucking soundtrack of this movie, especially like True. the last forty minutes of it. Yeah. And I mean, plays a better Al Michaels than Al Michaels. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought it was uh, so cool that like he came in and redid his commentary for the the movie. Yeah, which I didn't know. I just thought like they just took, like I said earlier, I just thought they took clips of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm maybe stretching out a bit, but like I really couldn't think of anybody that I would nominate for sure. Like I thought about maybe uh, Noah Emmerich as Craig Patrick, because I thought he was kind of a, a nice counterbalance to uh, Kurt Russell's character. Like, yeah, because he even mentions early on, he goes, uh, you know, I'm not here to be their friend. That's basically he's insinuating that's what you're here for, right? Oh, I mean, I kind of liked him in that too, but I don't know. I think just the fact that Al Michaels is in this movie, and like I always, I've always been a huge Al Michaels fan. That guy has called so many sporting events in my entire life, and the fact he's part of this movie. Like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna show Al Michaels a little bit of love in this episode. Al Michaels, you're gonna win the McLovin. There you go. I just, I, I don't feel like this movie is poorly acted by anybody. So no, I don't think so really either. Pick. Yeah. I mean, all the hockey players, even though yeah, this is really their first acting gigs, most of them, it's you couldn't tell. Yeah, I thought about uh, I thought about real hard nominating uh, Eddie Cahill's Jim Craig because he's essentially the focal point of the hockey team. Yeah, but I think he's in a little too much. Uh, but yeah. we don't have a certain criteria for this. We just we kind of oh hey well, one week this guy's in there too much. Oh by <laughs> the way, uh, my wife was pretty upset that uh, that uh, on last week's episode that. Uh, the dog didn't get the McLovin. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. She, she uh, made it known one night. She's like, you should have given it to the dog. Oof. Sorry. No. Sorry, Jen. Yeah. After a couple nights on the couch, she forgave me eventually. <laughs> All right. Um, so are we giving it to Al Michaels then? Or are we going to give yeah. it to, uh, who would you say the doctor was played by? Uh, Kenneth Welsh. Kenneth Welsh. Okay. No, we're gonna give it to Al Michaels. Okay. And cool. even if even if I did want to give it to Kenneth Welsh, you would, you have already given it to Al Michaels. You said we're giving it to him. Yeah. Okay. That's true. <laughs> right. Since I own the equipment, we're giving it to yes. Al Michaels. Yep. <laughs> All right. The uh, the Kurt Ru- or not the Kurt Russell. Might as well just call this a Kurt Russell. But uh, the <laughs> I'm the King of the Ward, King of the World Award for who wins the movie. King of the World Award for who wins the movie. I know I stuttered on that once. I'm the king of the world. Uh, who wins it for you? You know, we were talking about this beforehand, um, and he made a really strong case uh, for Kurt Russell, which I believe we're going to give it to Kurt Russell. Yeah, I just um, I figured I'd give you a chance to plead your case for somebody else. Maybe it's just sports movies in general. You know, the this is this really didn't rewrite the script on anything special that a sports movie does, but it doesn't matter because uh-huh. it's so well acted and you just you know the the story of the United States and the Soviet Union being in a cold war and you know that supposedly ending when the Berlin Wall came down, but we're kind of back in a cold war with Russia right now, and just the whole just just the stories of you know, gosh, this would have been what forty years ago. Forty two years of, ago, yeah, forty like forty two years ago. The what the world was going through and how 
even something as small as a hockey game between a bunch of college kids and Soviet professionals was seen as such a big deal. You know, everybody sat down and watched that, even if it was on tape delay and some people knew what happened and all that stuff. It was such a big deal. It was celebrated and just sports, like I said, sports movies in general, they just, they make you feel good um, for the most part. You know, there are some. Are you talking about sports movies in this case, or are you talking about the moment itself, how it a, a little lifted? bit of both? Okay. I mean, this I'm I'm specializing it more towards like the moment of the movie. Um but sports movies in general I think always win these type of you know, this type of award. Uh well, Save uh, your thoughts on sports movies. I may be coming up with a bonus category here in a minute. Oh, shit. For uh, for this movie. Um, I'm going to give it to Kurt Russell. I mean, pretty much the minute. Those of you that have listened to this show on more than one occasion know that I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Kurt Russell is my favorite actor of all time. Fucking love the dude. He's the epitome of cool to me. Uh, I was going to give it to him the minute I said we were going to do this. It was basically when I worked the awards, this was working from the bottom up. It's like, <laughs> he won this, now I just got to fill in the rest. Um, but I think with this particular movie, this is a, the script itself, and Kurt Russell's even said I listened to an interview he did recently. Well, this was a few years ago, but I listened to the interview recently. Um, he did with Bill Simmons, where he talked about how the script was kind of mediocre. And it is. I mean, it's a, it's essentially a paint-by-number sports movie. It's like, okay, you get point A, ragtag group of athletes for certain sport, coach who may or may not be, you know, like the right fit. He ends up molding these guys into a good team that believe in themselves, and then they conquer the unconquerable, you know, like David and Goliath type deal. But I think what makes this movie work is the fact Kurt Russell is so believable as Herb Brooks. And I yeah. like the fact that mo- most sports movies, the coach kind of seems to be more of a sympathetic character. Um, I've only really seen, like, like when a movie's based on a coach, the only two coaches that I can think of that kind of have this take are Kurt Russell's Herb Brooks and then uh, Herman Boone, Denzel Washington's uh, the coach he plays in uh, Remember the Titans where they're, they're kind of hard asses and you kind of don't like them, but you eventually become to re- know to love them and respect them. Right. And I, I think that was a really good uh, spin on this character and the fact that it really shows at the end after they win. Like, I really think the best, one of the best scenes in the movie is like after they've won, Herb Brooks goes into the corridor of the arena and like he just lets everything out right then and there because it's like this culmination yeah. of you know, like, he missed his moment as a player. And not a lot of people believe that they would even get this far. And they certainly didn't think they were going to beat the Russian team. And, like, the fact that all these emotions just come pouring out of him at the end of the, you know, towards the end. Uh, I, I, I like how kind of subdued it was, too. Because he could have went in the hallway just, you know. Screaming and yelling. And screaming and, and, but he didn't. He, you know, kind of. Shook his hands in the air and kind of did that fist bump thing. and Right. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think for him, and then like I really couldn't see anybody else in this this role. Yeah, we I were think he captured about this it perfectly. Before started, yeah, and you know, like I said, he, uh, in in the research corner, he did everything left-handed in this movie because Herb Brooks was left-handed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never, I I don't know really anything about Herb Brooks besides what I learned from doing research on this and what I've seen in the movie. But from everything that I've read, you know, the players felt like he nailed that character Mm -hmm. besides, you know, a few movie things thrown in there where he was a little more sympathetic. But other than that, he nailed the role and was completely believable. And it felt, you know, kind of took him back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that Kurt Russell's won the uh, I'm the King of the World Award, <laughs> just, <laughs> I shouldn't even have you just nominate anybody. Like, listen, dude, he's fucking winning. <laughs> well, I just... I, I think he might be one of the I, first two-time winners of that award on this show, too. He won for Escape from New York, too. 
Yeah. And uh, we have another Kurt Russell uh, episode coming up soon. I haven't hammered out the details yet, but we're going to be doing another Kurt Russell movie here, I think, in March. All right. And no, for those of you listening, it's not Overboard, which I will do at some point. That movie's fucking great. But I promised a brand new category for today's episode. Um, and we're going to do this for any sports movie we do going forward. Uh, does this movie belong in the Sports Movie Hall of Fame? And it does. I would agree. Uh, why do you think it gets into the Hall of Fame? Well, just the the fact that this is a real event and it felt like a real event. It was written like a real event. It didn't feel, you know, um, as we said, it, it, it doesn't do anything any different than any other sports movie, but it does it more excellently than most sports mm-hmm. movies. I know for me, the criteria would be, does it have a memorable scene where you would hear it in an, like, on a scoreboard in an arena, which it does. It has the Herb Brooks speech. Like I said, I've seen it at least twice at hockey games. I'm sure it's been played in other arenas as well. Um, Another criteria, we'll we'll hammer these criterias out, add more as we think more about this. Um, Is it one of the best in the the sport that it takes place in? Like, um, Like with a baseball movie as an example, uh, I would say that Major League, which is an episode that we have done, would be a sports movie, Hall of Fame, sh- surefire. It's it's going in. Right. But then you take something like Little Big League, good movie, good baseball movie, but I would consider that one of the best in the baseball movie genre. Right. And for this one, there hasn't been a lot of hockey movies made. Um, I The only ones I can think of off the top of my head are uh, Miracle, Slapshot, uh, Goon and the Mighty Ducks. So I'm going to yeah, expand it yeah. to incorporate anything. Oh, there's Mystery Alaska too, which is actually an underrated hockey movie. But I'm going to expand this into the the winter sports realm. So that could be anything from like hockey, figure skating, skiing. Uh, fig. Uh, let's see. I said ice. Ice. Did I say ice skating? Like yeah. figure skating. Yeah, so, I mean, that opens it up to, like, Blades of Glory, the cutting edge, cool runnings, downhill racer, uh, and plus those hockey movies I mentioned. But, yeah, I would say it does because it's probably a cut above the rest of them. I mean, in terms of hockey, for me, it's Slapshot and Miracle or, like, the top of the hockey, the, the winter, the winter movie genre. But you've never yeah. seen Slapshot, have you? Uh, no, but I have seen Goon. Yeah, Goon's I've pretty seen, good. I've uh, seen Cutting Edge. I've seen... Cool Runnings. Uh, yeah, I know you've seen The cool Mighty Runnings. Ducks. Yeah. But yeah, Which I think... I, I would argue The Mighty Ducks belongs in there as well. Uh, I don't know. It's an maybe, interesting, maybe it's an interesting case. <laughs> it's an interesting case. Um. It, it sounds like if we were baseball writers, we'd have to really dig deep like, and start breaking it down into like, uh, sabermetrics. Like, what was the Mighty Ducks' war? Like, you know, if you'd replaced Emilio Estevez with Charlie Sheen, would this be a better movie? Or uh, if we, you know, just did like, uh, you know, just if we broke it down sabermetrically like they do in baseball, like, we'd have to really dig deep into the Mighty Ducks. Well, we do have a lot of friends that are big sports fans. So maybe we could, uh, maybe when we're nominating these movies, we can get their input. Well, yeah, we can also have them incorporate more into the, uh, you know, into the categories, like what would make this a sports movie Hall of Fame candidate as well. So, yeah, but yeah, I would, Go ahead. Circling back, I, I agree that this this movie definitely belongs in the uh, in the sports movie Hall of Fame. In the pantheon of great sports movies, it's going in the Couch Potato Sports Movie Hall of Fame. That's true. And actually, I think I'm going to start putting up a uh, weekly poll question just for some of the other sports movies we've done to see if they warrant 
because we've done the replacements, Major League, uh, The Karate Kid. I consider a sports movie because it takes place at a fucking karate tournament. Yeah, I mean, karate is a sports. Yeah. is a sport. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put a poll question, see if it, some of the other movies we've done recently have would go in as well. So, yeah, I'd say for sure Miracle is a surefire candidate. Uh, next week's episode, I'm not quite sure that makes makes it into the Sports Movie Hall of Fame, but it's a fucking, it's a fun movie, so I'll save that yeah. for the, we end this. But uh, before we wrap things up, Lucas, you got anything you want to add before we, we go today? Uh, no. Um, I definitely believe that if you haven't seen this, you should check it out. It is a very good movie. It's a very feel-good movie. Um, and it teaches a little bit ha- about history, which you know I love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can watch it on Disney+, Plus. So you can watch it just before the Olympics start. So, hey, maybe... True. Maybe this will inspire you to watch the Winter Olympics. Yeah, you're welcome, Olympics, for yeah. us getting people to watch. Yeah, NBC, throw some cash. <laughs> I'll even take it in those big sacks that have, like, the dollar bill signs on them. Fuck we almost those. sound like, like like we're really desperate, like we're going to go, like, off the air if we don't get a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know we won't, but uh, funny story. This is completely off topic, but uh, my wife listened to a – is a paranormal podcast. It's called uh, Scared. Mm-hmm. Where this dude in Britain essentially used it as a platform to beg for money. He would tell scary stories and then just come up with a different sob story each week where he needed money. Whether his house was getting, like, I think there was, his house was getting repoed. Um, there was one where his cats had some kind of disease that needed, that needed, like, immediate medical attention. He needed to buy his son a Christmas gift. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And it just, it makes it sound like he just wanted paid to do these, his episodes, which, I mean, at the end of the day, that would be fucking awesome if we get paid to do it. But I'm also not going to sit here like, listen, guys, you know, for five bucks, you know, like, I will remember <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're going to throw me in a cage or not, but. But yeah, like it was just a different sob story every week. And I mean, at the end of the day, that'd be awesome. We got paid for it, but I'm not gonna sit there and like I'm doing. Yeah, we're no. doing. All, we're doing. We're, all we're right. always. We're always joking, yeah. unless people really did throw money at us. Yeah, I mean, if you want to sponsor the show, hey, I'm all cool about that. I will hawk your wares like nobody's business. I will be the ultimate hype man. So just think about that when you listen to this episode. Hopefully Tuesday. It might be out Wednesday. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like there's one roadblock after another. But anyways, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, I'm good. So we will talk at you guys later. Bye, everybody. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. We do appreciate you guys spending just a little part of your day with us. Coming up next week, it's the football movie you guys voted for just in time for the upcoming Super Bowl. We're going to do Draft Day, which stars Kevin Costner and... It's a fictitious tale of a general manager who makes the Cleveland Browns a winner. So that ought to be fun. And uh, the fact that Lucas is a Cleveland Browns fan ought to make this episode just a little better. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, or wherever you get podcasts. So until next Tuesday, we will talk at you guys later.